with Facebook Live with Supercharged Science and we are going to do some thermal chemistry experiments. I just recently moved into a new house and so I've been trying different areas and I'm wondering if maybe this room is a little echoey so if you can hear me okay just kind of type something in making sure you guys can hear me that would be great. It's really good to see everybody. I have a whole bunch of um, experiments that I want to share with you and do with you. Um, so for today though, the topic is going to be in thermochemistry. So all the stuff on the back, that's actually just some of my demos from when I was um, uh, teaching at Cal Poly. Uh, I used to teach mechanical engineering and also in my, um, my endeavors in teaching uh, just science to kids. And so I've got all kinds of stuff. So over the next couple of broadcasts, we're going to pull from the shelves and you get to see what all these cool things are. Um, and I also have some things down here. I'm going to teach you how to make a fire balloon and uh, talk about heat flow. So I want to say hello and it's good to see everybody. Um, again, my name's Aurora with Supercharged Science. And um, one of the things I just wanted to point out, because I've been getting a lot of emails lately, um, is just uh, a lot of parents are really, um, honestly, I think they're really overwhelmed and about the, the vast sea of <laughs> that they step into when they try to teach science to their kids. And I just wanted to let you know that you don't have to know science and you don't have to be an expert on science at all because um, science isn't just, you know, uh, you have to study these chapters in the book and you have to do these three books by the time they hit high school and then you're set. Um, it's, it's not like that. Science is a process. It's something that happens in your mind and it's a, it's a process, uh, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of looking about the world around you, getting curious, asking questions, designing experiments to solve those questions and to answer those questions. So your job isn't to know everything. I mean, nobody knows everything, um, but rather a true scientist is the one who is curious, um, has the observational skills that most people honestly don't have and can really start thinking, oh, huh, I wonder why that is, or what if we change the temperature, what if we start that marble higher on the track, what would happen there, what if we heat up the soap before we add it to the baking soda and vinegar experiment, I don't know, let's find out. So if you can't Google search it, if you can't look it up in a book, that's a true science experiment. Because what scientist in their right mind is going to do an experiment they already know the answer to. So your job is to help kids get curious about the world around them and just help them ask questions. That's all you have to do. So this is where you go, phew! <laughs> it's your kid's job to get interested. Um, it's your kid's job to discover what it is they're really passionate about, whether it's lasers or rockets or uh, learning how things fly or mixing up chemicals or any number of things. And then it's their job to learn as much as they possibly can about it. It's not your job as a parent. That's, that's not what education has ever been about. Um, the best teachers out there will set up the parameters and because they've walked the road before, they already know kind of where it's going and they will set it up and then make it so their kids can naturally just follow the progression and it's, it's really easy and effortless. You don't have to cram academics down their throat and do a bunch of testing to make sure they got all their bases covered. Um, it's, it comes from the inside out and it, when you do it that way, it's so much easier to teach kids because they're naturally excited about science. Okay, sorry, I think I went on a little longer than I meant to. Sorry about that. Um, so for those of you who have just joined me, my name's Aurora. I'm going to talk about thermal chemistry and what it is and how you can do it today with your kids. Usually this is a topic reserved for high school and college, but it's something that you can even do with adult supervision because 
Um, there's going to be fire involved in this one. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can do it to excite your kids in, in science just by getting curious about the world around them. Now, you don't have to spend a fortune to do real science. I mean, some of the equipment back here, well, that's the good part about becoming a science teacher. You get all these really cool gadgets, but you don't need them. Um, so I, I have things like microscopes, which I can even show you how to make a compound microscope just using two handheld magnifiers. You don't need to buy a compound microscope for most cases until you get to high school and then it does matter. Um, but there are all kinds of things. There's a laser light show there. I don't know if you can see it over here. We've got lots of robots that are made out of Tupperware and junk like that. Um, and uh, we have telescopes that are made out of the, um, cardboard tubes from the hardware store. Um, and we have lots of things. This is a, um, this is made out of soda bottles, or sorry, water bottles, and a coat hanger and a penny. It's a, a, a static machine. And so when we talk about electricity, I'll show you about that. Um, but anyway, my point is that you don't need all these gadgets to teach science. So I'll do that for you as a demo. That's totally fine. Um, but I just want to make sure that you're clear. Your job is not to know everything and not to buy really expensive equipment, at least initially. When your child really shows interest and wants that microscope, they can save up for it. That's what, um, that's what cutting the grass is for and um, having lemonade stands. <laughs> okay, so let me show you how you can do some really cool experiments. Because I talked before, you just got to get your kids interested and curious about the world around them. But if you're still stuck and you're like, ah, oh, how do I do that? Um, here's a really easy way to do it. So let me show you. Okay, so thermochemistry is a big fancy word. You can break it down, uh, thermochemistry. It's the science of the heat that happens within chemical reactions. So chemical reactions, anytime you bake bread, anytime you make cookies, chemical reaction, right? Anytime you do baking soda and vinegar, chemical reaction. So thermochemistry is when you look at the heat energy and how it moves around in there. And so that's what I wanted to show you today. And I have some equipment down here. I'm going to get ready as I'm talking. Um, so heat is associated with a change in temperature. So the temperature changes because energy is being transferred to it. And so thermal energy is another word for heat. Okay, makes sense so far? Okay, so which one is colder? Imagine, you remember those desks we had as kids where they were really awkward to get into and the chair was attached and I had a picture of it but I don't know where it went. Um, and it was like the chair was attached and the desk was here and if you sat on the wrong part of the desk and you had shorts on, it was like, ooh! <laughs> so, so the desk was wood and the legs were metal and the seat was usually plastic or maybe it was wood. You tell me which one feels colder. Quick, tell me out loud, just pretend I can hear you. Which one feels colder? Yeah, the metal legs, right? Here's an example, I've got a clipboard here, I just had an idea. Um, which one feels colder? If you were to touch the wood or if you were to touch the metal, which one feels colder? Yeah, the metal, right? What's the real answer? If you took a thermometer and put it here, and I took a thermometer and put it here, would you notice two different temperatures? No, they're both at room temperature. Ah, what gives? This is where you want to get curious. This is like, hmm, what's going on here? Okay, so there's a difference because metal feels colder than wood because metal will take the energy from your hand away faster than wood will. Does that make sense? Okay, so that idea is called heat capacity um, and it also is called thermal conductivity. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but I want to show you just gonna get curious like well they're the same temperature they've been sitting in the room all day one's not like minus 30 and one's not like 75 right the same temperature they feel different just like when the nurse will rub on um rubbing alcohol on your arm it feels colder right but the rubbing alcohol is then at 72 degrees or, or um uh, 21 degrees celsius or 72 degrees fahrenheit all day so what's the difference 
It's because your fingers and your skin, even though it seems like you can detect temperature, you can't. What you can detect is heat flow. Now let me give you a really easy example you can do with your kids tonight. Um, so there's a difference between temperature and heat flow. I'm trying to get my balloon not to roll away so I can talk to you about it in a minute. It's rolling away. Hang on. Ah! <laughs> Again, this is Aurora with Supercharged Science, and we're doing some experiments on thermal chemistry. Because I know on Facebook Live, people like pop in and out all the time. So, um, And uh, uh, for those of you who are interested in Supercharged Science, somebody type the link in for me if you could. It's superchargedscience.com. You can look us up anytime. Okay. So I've got three cups here, and I colored them so you can see them. But for you at home, you don't have to color them. Does it make sense? Okay, so here's how you can tell that your body detects heat flow and not temperature, and there's a difference. So the blue one, cold water. The red one, hot. Make sure you don't make it so hot kids burn themselves. Um, we're just talking like the hottest hot from the tap, if you can safely kind of put your finger in and go, ooh, that, that's kind of warm. Okay, um, and then the middle is just room temperature water. So what you do is you're gonna have, you're gonna stick your finger. I don't know if I can do this and levitate the plate at the same time. But you're gonna put a finger in the red and a finger in the blue, and you're gonna sing happy birthday a couple of times. Does that make sense? Happy birthday to you or whatever. You just sing a song. It doesn't matter. It could be um, Baba ba, Black Sheep. Nobody cares. Um, so you want to keep your fingers in there for just a couple of minutes, and then at the same moment you're gonna take your fingers out both fingers and both fingers are going to plunge into the room temperature one. So you tell me, what do you think might happen? So you've got hot, cold, okay, and you kind of, you're, you're in there for a couple of minutes and then you're going to go in the middle. So your fingers are going to detect two different things and that's because, again, if your fingers have truly detected temperature, they would feel the same thing. They'd go, oh, that's 72 degrees, but it's not going to be that way. You're actually going to feel hot and cold at the same time and your brain's going to kind of go, <laughs> so. So I just want you to get that temperature is not the same as heat flow. Make sense? Okay, so um, heat, uh, heat is actually a tricky idea. Nothing has heat. And so in a way, like, heat actually doesn't exist um, in, in, when you kind of think about it. So nothing, like, has heat. Things have temperature. Like, I can stick a thermometer in that water and say 72 degrees, right? Fahrenheit or 21 degrees centigrade. Um, but things can have temperature, and what temperature is really measuring is how much motion the molecules and the atoms have inside that substance, whatever it is, a glass of milk or a cup of hot coffee. Um, it's measuring how much thermal energy, how much, um, how much energy that the, the molecules inside have. When they're wiggling and vibrating a lot, the temperature is going to be a lot hotter, and if you stick that thing in the fridge, those molecules are going to vibrate less and less and less and less and less, okay? So the temperature is going to go down. Make sense? Okay, so you ready for the fire balloon part? Okay, so wait, before we do that, my name's Aurora, Supercharged Science, we're doing thermal chemistry, and if you're gonna do this next part and you're under, I don't know, let's say 16 or 18, gotta have a parent to help you because there's fire involved, and I personally do think human beings look better with eyebrows. So you want to make sure that you're not doing uh, messing around with fire experiments if you don't have a grown-up around. Fair enough? So nod your head, say yes. Okay, good. Here we go. So what you want to do is we're going to make a fire balloon. And what we're going to show is we're going to show how, you guys ever played with sponges? You ever taken a sponge that's like a dry sponge? And you can imagine like a slowly dripping faucet and it's like drip, drip, drip. How, how long does it take that sponge, if it's a slow drip, to fill up with water before it just starts to overflow because it's so saturated? A little time or a long time? Long time, right? It takes a while. That's right. 
Okay, so heat capacity is the same way. So this balloon actually, let me show you, leave it there. Ah, okay. Had this balloon before it's blown up. Inside your balloon, now if you have a balloon and you want to do this experiment with me, please do. Um, this is a balloon and it has a couple tablespoons of water in it. I don't know if you probably can't tell, but there's water in here. And um, the, what we're going to do is I'm going to show you how heat capacity, uh, water has a really high heat capacity. It's like four or something like that. And what that means is that it, uh, heat capacity is like a sponge. It takes a long time, a lot of energy before it gets saturated and increases in temperature. So just like that sponge underneath the faucet, take, if it's a dry sponge, it takes a long time to fill up before it starts to overflow. Same thing. So now we're going to blow our balloon which I personally don't like doing, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> okay, even though I'm on the swim team, I got great lungs. I personally hate balloons because it makes my cheeks hurt. <laughs> I must be the only person like this, I know. Usually if I'm, I'm teaching a class and there's a balloon a section in there, um, kids will come up and, can you do my balloon? I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> so 200 kids that have to blow up their own balloons. Okay, so um, here, I don't know if you can see it. If I swirl it, maybe you can see the water in there that's sloshing around. Can you see it? Type it in if you can see it. So I don't know can you see, if you can see water kind of sloshing. If not, that's okay. I should have used a see-through balloon. Do they sell those? Maybe. Okay. So, um, okay, so I have a couple tablespoons of water, and normally if there's no water in a balloon, no water, just air from your, from your lungs, and you bring it over a candle, you tell me what happens. Yeah, pop, right? Why? Because the candle is going to start to melt the rubber, and that's going to start a small hole, and the hole is going to just rip open really fast, and that's what the popping sound is. Okay, so I have a candle, and we're going to light it. I'm going to show you how you actually will not pop the balloon because the energy from the flame is going to... Now, when you do this experiment, don't blow up your balloon so it's like maximum size. Leave a little stretch in it, okay? Because the first few times you try this experiment, you're not going to be that great at it. I mean, it's just like riding a bike. I'm terrible at riding a bike the first few times, but now I'm pretty good at it. Just like driving a stick shift. Do people drive stick shifts anymore? <laughs> I do. I, in fact, I drove stick shifts. Um, I had a Ford F-150 in San Francisco, and for those of you who are familiar with San Francisco, that's not a good place to learn how to drive a stick shift when you're 16. Um, but I did. And so I, I could drive with, you know, there's like four pedals on the floor and you got to only have two feet. So anyway, it's interesting. Okay, so um, I have a fire balloon and I have my little lit candle. And you can use any candle you want, okay? It doesn't have to be a little tea light. Uh, it just happens to be what I had. And I'm going to bring this over. And normally the balloon, I'm going to put it right. I'll make sure I don't make the fire go out. Normally, the balloon should pop right around now, okay? It's not even warm, okay? So what's going on? So basically, the water's like that sponge, and it's absorbing all the energy in here, and it's keeping the rubber balloon from even heating up. So all the energy is actually going into the water. So if you don't have any water, I would recommend getting two balloons, one with no water and one with water, so you can see that, hey, wow, that really does pop. There you go, just like that. Right on cue. I love it when that happens. Okay, so if you heat the water up too much and it'll start to increase and then the balloon will pop just like it, just like that. How cool is that? So I have another balloon. Okay, so when you do this experiment at home with your kids, you want to get two balloons, one with no water and one with water. 
and say, hey, let's, let's check out this experiment. I saw this crazy redhead today show me. It's really cool. We're going to see if we can keep a balloon from popping. Okay, so this one also has water. I don't know if you can kind of see it slosh around. Okay, okay, and we're going to put it right under, and the balloon doesn't pop at all. How cool is that? Now again, if you leave it under, what happened? You just saw. Yeah, eventually that sponge will get saturated, the water gets saturated, it gets as warm as, uh, it takes as much energy as it can before it actually starts to rise in temperature. So that's a really cool thermal experiment you could do. Again, doesn't require a lot of experiments. Um, now I do want to point out, you know, the good thing to remember here, here I got water on the floor, this is fun. Um, the good thing to remember here, what's really important to remember, again, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to be curious about the world around you, and you have to just guide your kids to asking questions, because kids may not notice things. And you say, huh, isn't this cool? Stick your finger in here in the cold cup, stick it in the hot cup, stick it in the middle cup, and tell me what you think. And they're going to go, what? <laughs> so it's your job to just teach them to be curious about the world around. It's really easy to do that. If you're looking for more experiments, you can always check out my website, superchargedscience.com. Um, we have a ton of free stuff um, there's, uh, to, that we do. If you'd like more chemistry experiments similar to what we did today, um, including like more background about what um, specific heat is and how engineers and scientists use it in the real world, um, there's this uh, a, a science curriculum called the Ultimate Science Curriculum, and it's a set, um, it's uh, an online program that's just in chemistry and it's a deep dive into chemistry there's about 50 or 60 lessons it's good for about four to six months of real science education and it includes step-by-step -step videos and lessons and workbooks that you can print out and stick in a three-ring binder as you go along and do the experiments um, and that is actually in chemistry and there's a link for that that I'm gonna put up right now and so you can um, take a look at that if you're interested in more science curriculum and so anyway, I just wanted to reiterate that science should be easy, it should be fun, and if you'd like to see how to get the fire out from inside an orange, we're going to do that tomorrow. Um, I'm going to do my second half, we're going to talk about how to, with, uh, what the triple point is, how we've, scientists and engineers have found it on Mars, um, and also how to boil room temperature water, how to get it to boil like right in front of your eyes, even though it stays at 70 degrees. And I'll also show you how to get the fire out from inside of an orange. Now, I just want to mention most exper the experiments for um, on in supercharged science for K through eight don't involve fire, so you don't have to worry about that. The high school section does. We're just doing a little fire experiments now because it's fun, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, I did have a couple of questions that are coming up. Oh, you've got that link now. It looks like, okay, great, superchargedscience.com slash chemistry um, will take you directly to the ultimate science curriculum in chemistry. You can check it out. And um, oh, somebody was asking about the car that was up here. I can't believe you can see that. It's like way up here. Um, this is a Sterling engine. Hey! Somebody just walked in. You guys want to meet him? Oh, come on, say yes. Okay, this is Al, my husband. Everyone say hi. Hey, folks. <laughs> we are. Isn't she awesome? Yay. This is like coffee. Did you bring me one? Absolutely. You did? Oh, my gosh. How sweet. Oh, my gosh. Did I tell you how we met? We met because we're both pilots, and we met when I was 18, and he's like, mm, sweetheart. Um, you, you actually made this, didn't you? A Sterling engine? I did. I did. I know it's missing a net, but um, this is something else that uh, that we could talk about another time. This is an engine and how you can use heat for to make power. Can, since you're here, can you reach the fuel cell mm -hmm. thing? Somebody actually saw it way back there, and I don't know how. They just said, "Is that a fuel cell car back there?" 
It is. It is. So it says fuel cell vehicle. It does say fuel right cell vehicle. So it's probably upside down though. Huh? <laughs> or backwards. Or backwards because <laughs> the video does that. No, is it's, video it's always mirror? yeah. No, the video mirrors it. So ah. it is a fuel cell vehicle. Okay, so if I do slides, I have to have them mirrored. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so wouldn't it be cool to drive in a car that only ran on sunlight and water? Like you'd never have any exhaust. You would actually catch the exhaust, which is like drips of water, and then pipe it back through your little magical unit, you know, like your Mr. Fusion unit. Only instead of Mr. Fusion, it would be, it would actually take hydrogen and oxygen, H2O, water, and separate it and put it in gaseous form and then recombine it, get energy, make a puff of energy and go round and round. Wouldn't that be cool? And the energy to separate the oxygen and the hydrogen actually comes from the sun using a solar cell. So that's what you, what's what happens when kids build this fuel cell vehicle and they put a solar cell on the front. And it's a little car that runs on sunlight and water. And scientists are working on how to do that for real in the car that will actually work. And wouldn't that be neat? We wouldn't have to like pay for gas or wait in long gas lines. And <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that'd be cool. So yes, this is a fuel cell vehicle. Those of you who are part of my um, online science program called eScience, um, it's a, a monthly membership program where we cover every topic of science. Um, this project is in there. It's in Unit 12, Alternative Energy and Alternative and Renewable Energy, and uh, I think it's in Lesson 2. And so you can totally just build that. Um, anything else you want me to talk about? They're doing great. Yay! All right, so for tomorrow, thank you. So for tomorrow, we are going to come back. I'm going to show you how to boil room temperature water. I'll show you how to get the fire out from inside of an orange. It's actually hiding in there. And um, I'm going to show you about the triple point and where they found it on Mars and what it is and why we should care. All right, thank you so much. This is Aurora from Supercharged Science. If you have questions, let me know. I'm Aurora at Supercharged Science. I'm just a real, just a girl who likes science and likes sharing it with others. So feel free to call me um, or feel free to um, email me anytime at Aurora at Supercharged Science. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good job.